Welcome, everyone, to the LNFFA podcast. I'm your host, George, and we're joined, as always, by co-host Miguel. Say hi to everybody, Miguel. Hey, Hello, hello. The podcast. <laughs> he gave you uh, the finger gun and the wink in case you guys didn't know what you're doing. Uh, all right, we're gonna start this. I'm gonna go through a brief draft recap, and then we'll preview week one, and hopefully we'll have our guests join us later on. Lead champ, rainy three-time. Champ or three time three, repeating champ, four time, four time champ, Victor. All right, so we'll start things off with the recap. With the draft recap, so we went ahead and uh, graded everybody's draft. This is not obviously our personal grades. These are grades from some website we hooked up. We looked up, not hooked up, and gave us everybody's draft grades based on players and all that wonderful stuff so um we'll start off with uh the number one here on the number one spot george got a c plus grade on his draft um these things are graded pretty weirdly they have like oh you have a b for running back but if you have an a for your kicker you're you got a bitch in we didn't we didn't weigh it appropriately so yeah we just kind of went over overall grade but uh, a lot of guys got A plus kickers because they're taking kickers in the 12th, and that definitely boosted it. Defenses too early, <laughs> kickers too early, boosting their grades. But let's move. I got a C plus. Our number two draft, Abraham, C plus plus, a little bit better than me, according to this website. Yeah, and then we got. Alex at the number three spot. We got a B plus grade. Um, fourth pick was Victor. Got graded out as a B. And then Javel was Javel was fifth, and he got a B as well. Pick six was Miguel. He got graded out as a B plus. One of our higher draft grades. And then Denise got draft got the highest grade in our draft this year with an A minus. Congratulations, Denise. Picking up Butter and the Steelers back to back, you know, really pays off. Yeah. A A on both defense and kicker. B minus. Got a C plus. On his B, back. B minus got a C plus. He should have gotten a B minus. Should have. And then uh, Luis gets a B plus as well, and we have Emerson with a B minus. The last two grades, Jason capped out B minus, and Marlon got a solid B for his efforts. Yeah. Once again, picking up defenses too early, really pick people's grades up. <laughs> Peyton George. So uh, overall, everybody else, everybody did pretty good drafting. For George, except for me and Brian, two lowest grades on the draft. Lowest grades on the draft. One of them was on auto draft, so. 
That says a lot about those auto those auto draft picks are pretty good. This fucking house. Everybody go undefeated. Take all the money. Just retire. Because undefeated champ never play again. That's that's the plan for this year. You played nine times, you can't be undefeated. We're talking about the season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good luck with that, George. <laughs> All right. We're going to skip over our next section because Victor's not on yet. So we're going to go on over to our week one matchups. We'll start things off with Miguel Luis. Um, so let me butt in here, George. So what we ahead. did here is with all the, all the matchups, we kind of did like a sit-start type deal, but we kind of did more of a best matchup, worst matchup of what your like best player or your medium player is going up against and kind of gave everybody's opponent, like me, except for me and Luis, it's my best matchup in the matchup, and my worst matchup, and then his best and my worst, and kind of, or his best and his worst. So kind of like what's the, the, the more of a, the worst case scenario if these teams do good and the best case scenario is when going up in this matchup. Like a sit, yeah, like, we, it's like a sit start thing. But. Yeah, we just went through everybody's team. We saw every who each player was playing and who we thought was going to have an easy time and who we thought was going to have a rough time on opening weekend. Mm-hmm. All right, so we started off with uh, me and Luis. Miguel and Luis, yeah. I just wanted to see who was on whose team. We did not make that on our notes. Montgomery's Miguel, so we'll start with that. He's playing against the Rams defense, which should not be an easy, easy time for him. And I, yeah, when I mean, you got big, big man Aaron Donald clogging up the middle there, and Montgomery's gonna either have to pass some catches or get in the end zone in order for him to have a solid week performance. And then or he can uh, catch some passes. But. Yeah, I mean. That's, I, I mentioned that, but um, then the the best matchup on my roster is the 49ers, 49ers defense going against Detroit Lions. Um, obviously, the Niners probably have a revamp defense with starters getting back healthy, and the Lions probably have the worst football team in the NFL, next to like Houston Texans or something like that. But I was gonna say maybe the Texans have something to say yeah. to them. But, well, yeah. they're, they're fighting for the last pick, so. It all comes down to who wins one game, probably. <laughs> yep. All right, on the other side, Luis is the opponent. His best matchup is going to be Calvin Ridley versus the Philly defense. I mean, Philly was a mess last year. And I don't see yeah. them doing much better. Yeah, Philly was uh, not consistent defensively, and then obviously Ridley has lost Julio Jones in that team. So we should see more of the target share go to him. Um, and obviously there's other players there, but Julio Jones took up like 25% of the target shares when he ran his routes, and Ridley should probably see more of an uptick and get more of those shares as well. So should be a good matchup for Ridley. Luis's tough matchup. We don't see, or we see Chubb. Might have a bad time against the Chiefs. If the Chiefs run up the score on the Browns, the Browns might abandon the run early and have to start chucking it, limiting Chubb's potential. 
I mean, that means just Kareem Hunt gets more opportunity, right? More than Nick Chubb. And that's the only scenario we see. Obviously, if it's a close game, then this is for not. But if the Chiefs come firing hot like they usually do, then Chubbs might not be a factor in the game type deal. All right. That's our first matchup. We're going to jump on over to me versus Victor. Start things off looking at Victor's roster. His starting running back, Ezekiel Elliott, probably going to have a tough time tomorrow against the Bucks. Tough, tough defense. Uh, coming off of the Super Bowl win, they just brought everybody back, basically. Running it back again. They should have a pretty good, good team. Yeah, I mean, Elliott gets Dak back, but you know, he's, he, Dak's still off of injury. Elliott's coming off of probably his worst year. And going up against the best defense in the league, um, probably not the best start for him trying to get his rhythm back from last year's stuff. So that's probably our toughest matchup for Victor. And then his best matchup is uh, his Broncos defense going up against the Giants. Um, Zeke might uh, not Zeke uh, Saquon not might might not be on the field all the time. Limited work coming off of ACL, and the Giants obviously are not a good offense. They have a lot of injuries already on offense. And she's not looking good. But it's for Victor, not for the Giants. That, that is for Victor, yeah. <laughs> Von Miller is uh, coming back off of injury as well, so he'll be in there. It should be a good time for the Broncos defense, feasting on Daniel Jones's uh, turnover proneness. Yeah, he does get a lot of turnovers. He has trouble securing the ball. Not even interceptions, fumbles. Like He likes to run for the ball. I can't secure it. And that could mean dos puntos for the Broncos' defense. On the other side, I have Christian McCaffrey going up against the Jets' defense that, uh, you know, might not be very good. So hopefully McCaffrey goes for 60 points and I uh, be Wicker. That's, that's the plan. That's the plan of victory. That's the road to success here. McCaffrey, you know, the best running back in the league going against probably the bottom five defense in the league, so he should have no problem getting in the end zone and getting a bunch of yards and catches. And then um, George's worst matchup is Miles Gaskin going against the Patriots defense. Um, Patriots defense, regardless of not Tom Brady not being there, they were always stellar. They're getting a bunch of players back from the uh, COVID um, players opted, opted out of the season. A lot of, we had a lot of players opted out of the season, so they're back healthy. The year prior to that, we knew the Patriots were the number one defense in the league, and they put up a lot of points. Gaskin running the ball, catching balls might be a little problem if they're back at full strength. And oh, that about does it for George and Victor's matchup. And the third matchup we have Abraham versus B minus. Yeah, Brian has Hurts and Sanders against um, the Atlanta defense, which was also horrendous last year, right? It was that's the reason why they lost seven games last year with fewer than six points because they couldn't they couldn't keep it together. And Matt Ryan was throwing the ball like a motherfucker. I think he had the most um, attempts for a quarterback. I think ever could be mistaken there, but it was close at least for Atlanta's history. 
And that has to do a lot with them not being able to stop and gain the ball back in tempo. So Hurts and Sanders should have a decent matchup this year, this week. Yeah, yeah it should be a good start to the Philly offense. If they're going to go off, it's, it's going to be week one against Atlanta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, his worst matchup is going to be Amari Cooper facing the Tampa Bay defense Thursday night. Once again, Tampa Bay championship defense ran it back. He should not have a good time. I mean, we're basically not starting any Dallas Cowboys right now, right? But you cannot not start. Yeah. Your 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 first, first second round picks. First and second round picks, yeah. So you're gonna have to start them. Just we're just saying it's a bad matchup. Doesn't mean that they're gonna go off. Yeah. Um. What's next? Abraham has Alvin Cook going against Cincinnati again. Cincinnati. Bottom of the pack in defense, Dalvin Cook, top of the pack in running the game and running the ball, not running the game. And I know these are like number, we, we picked McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook going up against two bad defenses. And like, oh, the number one and number two picks should have good matchups. But these are actually favorable matchups on top of they're already the number one and number two. Not only is he your best starter, but he also is going against one of the worst defenses in the league. So exactly on top of his normal twenty, he should add an extra fifteen or something. I don't know. And Abraham's worst matchup, we got OBJ going up against the Chiefs. I mean, this one's more of a will he be healthy? Because there might be opportunity for him if the Chiefs run up the score. But you never know with OBJ. He's been injury riddled for the last two seasons. Three seasons, maybe? So. Yeah. yeah, last couple seasons. Well, I mean, we looked at the roster for Abraham. And we didn't see that much of a bad matchup with his players. We, we picked this one particularly just because, again, OBJ coming off an injury... Um, we don't know if he's going to be performing at the level he's we were used to back in the day, and you might be like, "Shit, why did I draft this guy if he's not performing in the first week?" But um, you know, it's risk and reward, right? He's a big name and he can pay off. But we're just saying, like the the injury concern is there for OBJ. Sure, sure, our next and final matchup. We oh wait, that's not our final matchup. Is no, it? we still have three more. Marlene and Alex. Our next matchup. We got Alex starting Tom Brady versus the soft Dallas defense Thursday night. Super Bowl champ, first game of the year. He might go off. Yeah, I mean, I think about Peyton Manning coming back. After his Super Bowl win, and he scored seven touchdowns on the Baltimore Ravens. That wasn't even the soft matchup. (laughs) (laughs) So, actually, I don't think it was a Super Bowl. I think it was when Peyton first went to Denver. First started with Denver. Yeah, first started in Denver. Yeah, I just kind of feel like similarities there. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, should be good for Alex. Um. We mentioned two for Alex here, right? Oh, sure did. Robbie Anderson against the Jets, also something else that mm-hmm. I want another matchup to look forward to. Somebody, somebody else who should be 
performing higher than expected based on a, a, a softer matchup. Fun fact, Robbie Anderson was the highest targeted, top 10 highest targeted uh, receivers last year. In the 23 percentile of routes run, he was targeted. So he was actually in the top 10 and going up against a sloppy defense should be a good matchup for him. Yep, yep. Actually, if Robbie Anderson had caught more touchdowns, he'd probably be like a top 10, top 15 yeah, he would have been, but you know what? He was, he was on my team last year, so let's not talk about that. <laughs> of course, jinxed by Miguel. <laughs> um, and the band matchup we had for Alex here is just Sony Michelle on the flex spot. Um, going up against uh, who the Rams playing this year? Chicago. Chicago. Chicago's defense is no slouch. You know, they got Cleo Mack, they got those, but oh. Hoping for those vulture touchdowns for Sony Michelle. He's in the new system. This got traded two weeks ago, so who knows what his workload is going to be? How much of a workload he's going to get? So it's it's a scary player to start, uh, not knowing what he's going to be doing for a new team. So that's what our that's what our toughest matchup was. And then for Marlin. We got Prescott versus Tampa. We're starting with a bad matchup right now. He's coming back from injury. That was a devastating injury, and he's not coming back to an easy matchup. Cowboys getting talked a lot this time versus Tampa. They're starting a lot of people, or a lot of people are starting their players, and they're starting off with a rough one. All right, well, we got Kenyon Drake as a starter for Marlin versus. The Baltimore defense. Kenyon Drake isn't even the starter for Las Vegas, and Baltimore is not a slouch defensively. So we are not expecting him to do very well in that in that spot. Yeah, I mean, you talk, you're talking about again another. I mean, he's been doing all his preseason workouts, but another. Brand new guy in a new system. He's going to have third down roll, the goal line roll. We don't know yet. And he's going up against what is a decent Baltimore defense. All game. right. Uh, for Marlin as well, we've got Julio Jones versus the Arizona defense. This is a good matchup. This is a favorable matchup here. Yep. Favorable matchup. That's... Uh, if Julio Jones performs this year, how he's expected to perform, Marlon might have a good team. I feel like Julio Jones kind of contradicts pretty much what we just said about Kenyon Drake and Sony Michelle, because Julio Jones is also in a new system. But Julio Jones is not Sony Michelle and Kenyon Drake. He's a different type of breed, a football player, and he's going up against Arizona, which is, again, bottom of the pack on defense that's it that's where we end with that and we're going to jump on over to our next matchup javel versus jason our perennial bottom of the league javel versus our new guy jason <laughs> suck it uh we've got kittle javel javel has kittle yeah he has derrick henry he has two favorable matchups 
Henry Kittle are his favorable matchups. Again, like top two of his top three picks. But I mean, Arizona's defense is fucking terrible. And Detroit is new coach. Gave away their quarterback starting Goff. Total rebuild in Detroit. So Kittle should have a good time. He should. He should. And Henry again versus Arizona. Arizona horrendous run defense. And Henry is the fucking juggernaut when it comes to running the football. Yep. Um, that's a Javel's. He's got two favorable matchups. I think we pointed those yeah. two out. We couldn't choose, so we chose both. <laughs> His bad matchup is going to be Juju versus a tough Buffalo defense. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. We got uh, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, rookie running back Najee Harris. And the Buffalo defense is uh, really, really good. Still. So no, no slouch. That's uh, unpredictable. What's it? Yeah, you don't know where the targets are going to go, and if they do go to Juju, the defense is... Tough. Tough, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we have Jason's favorable matchup, which is Mark Andrews versus Las Vegas. Mark Andrews just got a big, fat contract extension. He's essentially their wide receiver one. Yeah. In that, in that, uh, in that offense in Baltimore, and uh, he should be seeing a lot of targets. Las Vegas, uh, I, well, I can't remember how they were on defense, but I remember them not being so good. Oh no, their their offense is actually kind of good. It's their defense that held them that role. That yeah. I think they're like bottom five in defense. There you go. Not bottom like twenty five, right? Twenty five ish in defense, something like that. Not good. Very bad. So, Mark Andrews, probably catch a couple of touchdowns. Definitely going to get most of the target share in Baltimore. Should be a good one for him. Yep, yep, yep. And then the tough matchup for Jason is going to be DeAndre Swift versus San Francisco defense. San Francisco defense is uh, getting back a lot of players from injury. They should be a much better team this year. Yeah, I don't see Swift having a good game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift, new quarterback, rebuilding. Uh, he's somewhat injured right now, I believe, or he's coming off the COVID list. I can't remember what it was. He was questionable to play, play week one. So his lim- his work might be limited, and he's going up against a t- tough defense. So it's just not a favorable matchup for him. <laughs> This Reco- recovering from a groin injury. That he's groin suffering. injury, yes. Yeah, so it was a groin injury. And those could linger. You know, you never know. He might play and then... Re-aggravate. Re-aggravate it, yeah. So it's a tough start um, in general. And then starting him against a tough defense is a tough matchup. And that's that wraps up Javel versus Jason. And then we go over... This is our final one right here. We have Emerson versus Denise. And I'll start this one off, George. We got, uh, I mean, Washington defense is favored to be the best defense this year. 
Uh, Emerson's got the wait, is it Emerson? Emerson, right? Emerson yeah, has Emerson. Herbert. Emerson has a Herbert and Allen stack. Yes, Keenan Allen and Herbert. Oh, yeah. It's Eckler, not Allen. What did I say? You said Allen. Well, we wrote say? down Allen, but we meant to write down Eckler. Oh, okay. Sorry. He has the Herbert and Eckler combo. Uh, so, um, you know, they're, they're, they're still studs. I mean, Herbert's in his second year, so we don't know if he's a full-on stud. But going up against a tough defense, that should be number one. I mean, that's what they say. You never fucking know. So, um, there was the reason they, they made it to the playoffs last year. They made year. it to the playoffs last year with a horrendous offense. They were able to win some games and sneak in there. And they actually gave the Bucks a run for their money. It wasn't that bad. That's a good game. Yeah. All right. His best matchup is going to be James Robinson versus another team that's in turmoil, Houston. James Robinson has, I think he has a competition with uh, another. Carlos Hyde. That's his Carlos Hyde, baby. The 33 year old man. But you Carlos Hyde is the guy. Just imagine me in the backfield trying to take your job. That's how old this guy is. <laughs> Probably a little bit more fit than uh, Miguel, but... I mean, come on. We all saw me that day. Uh, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm going to take that back right now. Bulging grease balls popping out of my fucking abs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, James Robert doesn't have... Um, uh, Etienne or whatever his name is. What's his name? The running well, that was back? his main com- competition, right? Yeah, that was his main... Um, he had a fractured foot, Les Frank, I believe, out for the season. So James Robinson should be a clear go. And going up against Houston, should be a super clear go. All right. And then on the other side, Denise's best matchup is going to be Mike Evans versus Dallas. Dallas's defense has been... Bottom, I don't, know, I don't know about maybe middle of the pack is the best they've done over the last couple of years. I mean, they're definitely bottom ten. I would say they weren't good last year. I think they had out of the most yards, not enough or most points or something last year. I can't remember. They were garbage. Let's just put it that way. So the only thing holding Mike Evans back is going to be target share. Basically, they got a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa as well. Godwin. Gronk is still there. Yeah, I mean, I think Mike Evans is going to see some end zone targets. They're going to be there, and I think he's a red zone favorite because Godwin's a little guy, and so is Antonio Brown. So Gronk and Evans should be seeing the end zone targets, and he should have some success. Her biggest concern for week one is going to be Saquon Barkley, who is returning from a Entire ACL, or was it a high ankle sprain? Torn ACL. The year before that was a high ankle sprain, and this year, the yeah, one year ago was ACL. Two years ago was high ankle sprain. So, some may say he's injury prone now, but coming from a first round pick coming off an ACL injury, gonna be tough unless he's built like Adrian Peterson and he comes back from his ACL tear. Definitely some. Concern. I don't even know where they're playing. Cool. Saquon, the Giants are playing the 
Saquon is playing Denver. And Denver's a good defense, too. They got a good, solid squad. Besides quarterback play, defense, I mean, Denver has a pretty good roster. They do, they do. They're trying to get my Aaron Rodgers, George. Don't let him. <laughs> what is a stupid fucking, you know, it gives you, like, what place you're going to get? Oh, it's on ESPN. Let's see here. Standings? Oh, standings, and then it's under final standings projections. Final standings projections. We're going to go through this real quick. ESPN ranks people's final standing after draft day. We had Alex as our number one. Then Jason as our number two. Marlon number three. Brian number four. Victor, number five. That's Luis, number six. Denise was number seven. Uh, Which was that one? That was Jovelle, ranked eight. I was ranked nine. Ham Abraham, ranked ten. Emerson, ranked 11. And Miguel, dead last. I didn't even move. I just dead last. Holy shit. All right, everyone, joining us this week as our special guest, we have four-time champ, three-time defending champ, Victor. How's it going? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Honored to be part of the LNFFA podcast, the number one podcast for all LNFFA members. Your number are, one source. We are the only podcast for LNFFA. Exactly. That's why, <laughs> by default, it's number one. That's We're right. also the best one, right? If there was and a second right. one, we would beat their asses. Definitely. I'm sure we'll get some competition popping up soon after the success of this one. <laughs> some copy, copycat uh, podcasts out there. They'll, they'll never be able to replicate what me and Miguel have, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the monotone layers of just reading information it's just so entertaining we got that down for sure <clears throat> all right we're gonna we prepped a couple of questions for victor um our first one is going to be uh, how did how did you prep for the draft this year how did I prep for the draft? So, as many of you know, I was in Hawaii for that whole week right before the draft. So, what I actually did is I paid for internet for the first time in my life on the plane on my way here. And I spent five hours just reading a bunch of stuff. I got that beer sheet that many of you had and just switched stuff around based on who I liked. And that's really it. Five hours of reading on an Excel sheet, service dropping off and on, but I got it done. Wait, so you don't do podcasts or anything like that in regards to listening in? and? Um... Uh, I mean, I'll hear a podcast or two, especially years before this one. But this year, it really was just like reading like Reddit and I'll go like on Fantasy Pros, one of... Speaking of fantasy program, you heard of that guy. Um, got his name, but he's got COVID right now, so hopefully he's all right. Um, 
yeah, this year really was just that. Five hours of cram session. Five hours on a plane. It reminded you of your UCLA days, just cramming information down your, your throat there. <laughs> it honestly did. UCLA was a, a lot of nights of cramming, so flashbacks there. Our right, next question is, you've won the league four times. We had 100. What, what, what do we start off with? $50 buy-in? $50 buy. I think $50. when you won the first time, it was $100. Was your first? I think it was less than $50. No, our first buy was $50, bucks, was not it? No, actually, our I'm first buy sure was we $25. And first we year we were so poor, I think, I think $25 was too rich for, too, for a lot of people. So we, we did $25, and then went to $50, then to $100, then $150. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my goodness gracious. We were poor back then. Anyway, your first year, did you anyway. win it when it was 50? Or, because you won the last three and went 100, 100. When the last year we went to 150 the first time? Or was it the second year we've done 150? I think that was our first year doing 150. First year doing 150. So you won it twice with a $100 buy-in with 10 people, and once with a $150 buy-in with 12 people. So, obviously, the, the LNFFA audience wants to know, what are you doing with that money? Where are you spending that money? Uh, honestly, it goes straight into my bank. I never have, like, any actual plans for it. Uh, I mean, like a lot of people this during COVID, we took a lot of it, invested it in stocks, some GME, crypto. I got into Topshop for a bit. But I can't really say, like, I ever, like, took the pot and went out and like bought myself something so no really uh, just added to savings i think i do i think i do owe george a ps5 didn't i say that once here one year uh yes yes you did 100 percent. so there's that <laughs> oh, okay. once i find one it'll be waiting for george well, george is a lucky man all right so Explain to the people what, what a, a top shop is. Say that again, I didn't hear you. Your top shop? Yeah, what about it? What is it? Top shop is part of the new NFT craze, and it's all NBA related. So you're basically buying trading cards that only live online. And you buy them. You see their prices go up, you see it go down, you can sell whatever you want. And that's really it. It's trading cards, but you can't hold them. Hold them. Is this like sports trading cards or just like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards? NBA related. I mean, for the longest time, they had no utility until recently. I think during the NBA Summer League depending on like certain contests they had. I think I entered one, I forgot what I had to do, but they, they flew you out to Vegas and you got to go attend a couple games in one of their suites. And then you got like first dibs at, on some summer only players. So eventually, eventually I'm sure they'll have more utility. They keep saying they're still in beta. So this has been like over two years now that they're in beta. It's really fun. 
Alright, there you go. Hot tip from Victor. Get into some what is it, top shots? Top shots. NBA top shot. Top shop. I guess that's an ad for them now that I explained it, depending on how exciting that sounded to all um, our listeners. We'll get in contact with our sponsors, see we get uh get some paid advertising maybe on this podcast, you know. NBA Top Shot free ads. <laughs> there you go. Sweet, sweet. All, All right. right uh, next question. Next question, Victor, is this year's draft, which player was the one you wanted, regardless of draft position, your your, your reach, essentially, of the draft? Um, I mean, it's hard to reach in round one, right? So, yeah. I... I'm probably going to go the one that my name is based off on. That's Kyle Pitts, round four. <clears throat> At Atlanta, offense lost Julio Jones. It's going to be Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts in the end zone. So I'm looking at the draft board right now, and I I think that's my only reach. All right, our final question for you, buddy, is uh, which uh, player that you wanted the most? That you miss out on this draft. Oof. Mm. Bear with me while I scan this draft board. Clearly, I did not prepare. I also All didn't right. have these questions in advance, so <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> Why don't you repeat the question while I look at the draft board? No, we're not gonna repeat the question. We're just gonna uh, I'll, re- I'll repeat the question, Victor. <laughs> So the question is, what player did you want in this year's draft that you feel you missed out on, that you didn't get, essentially? All right, let's see. Who has, there's someone I'm thinking of. His name is Javante Williams, and I'm trying to find him. That was on Jason. Jason picked him up. Round it did pick him up. Round six. Yeah. Yeah, so it would have been Javante Williams. I don't think in round five I would have picked him only because I really needed that second wide receiver. So since he was picked up on the turn, there was no way of me having him. But I do think he's going to take over Melvin Gordon's job, if not week one. That sucks for me. Did you pick up Melvin Gordon? I did. I mean, if as a Charger fan, I have never liked Melvin Gordon. So I think he's overrated. He's I don't think Denver likes him. So I'm sorry that you picked Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Devante is the future. They didn't waste high draft capital for running back to not eventually start him. <laughs> Um, and you know, there's I, a chance I think he takes over starting yeah, week one. I, so I agree 100%. It was a pick based off of they have paid Melvin Gordon a lot of money for the running back position. He's got one year left on his contract, so they're gonna ride him until he can no longer play, ship him out, and then Javante takes the job. That was my train of thought. Obviously, we're not talking about me, but we were talking about Javante, yeah, <laughs> and that was uh. Um, the question. So you missed out. You didn't, you feel like you wanted Javante to drop to you uh, on I that did. on that turn six? Okay, gotcha. 
All right, and it would actually been it would have been really tough if he dropped all the way to the sixth spot because then I don't know if I would have been able to take him over Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, because I think Lamar dropped around at least. Oh, yeah, I think everybody was scared in taking him, considering he was such a high draft capital last year and he didn't produce what we thought he would have produced when you had him the prior year, but he overproduced that year because you got him like in the 15th round or something like that. Won him the league. I think that was literally my last pick. I was hoping someone picked him up and I just couldn't believe he was being ignored. So like, I I have Deshaun Watson, might as well pick up Lamar since I feel he should be owned. And there it goes. That was my second title, right? It was. It was. Actually, there's one more question here that is not on here, but I wanted to ask this one too. But who are some players you were avoiding this draft? Like they were just not even on your radar. That's a good question. I like that question. That is a good question. Um, We'll give you some time. We'll edit it together. Take your time. Don't worry about it. Give us what are we saying? I mean, obviously, Victor is our guest speaker. This question is not necessarily for Victor. You know, there's three of us here. We could all take on who wasn't on our draft board. So maybe we should. Of course. I know Miguel has very opinionated on one player, so you can start with that one. You can start off, Miguel. Well, I have a lot of ones that weren't on my draft board. Um, In certain rounds, in the... I think in the fifth, OBJ and the New York Giants wide receiver. What's his name? Kenny Galladay. Yeah, Kenny Galladay were undraftable for me. I mean, Um, Galladay dropped a lot. He did drop. I mean, he was in the fifth round. I think nobody took him until the seventh, which I think at that point, there's no problem taking him. But when I say undraftable, I'm draftable for what? Draft position. Yeah, he was going, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really consider these guys as ones that I was avoiding, but I really did like Calvin Ridley a lot more than Diggs and Hopkins. Um, I think Ridley volume. was part of a, yeah, Ridley was part of a tier one with Adams and Hill, and depending where I drafted, I would have probably skipped on Diggs and Hopkins and taken like a second running back if Ridley was gone. Those two I was a little down on. Um, as far as running backs go, what was that? I'll give you guys one. I was pretty down on C.D. Lamb as the number one receiver. Mm. Uh, very much hyped C.D. Lamb. I think it was a little too hyped, but, I mean, he went in the third round. That's not bad. That's not great. I mean, I was actually on the opposite, and I think C.D. Lamb's going to have a good year. That's if Dak stays healthy the whole year. Um but to trust him as your number one, that's the little, that's the part where it gets a little sketchy. Because he's like, if you go running back, running back, and he's your number one, then you're like, shit, I just drafted him in the third for crazy upside, essentially. Who has him this year? Oh, yeah, I'm looking. It's Denise, right? Yeah. Well, if she wouldn't have taken CeeDee Lamb there, her other options would have been Woods. Just safer. Maybe Cooper. Well, Cooper's on the same team, so you kind of have the same situation there. I'd rather have Lamb than Cooper. Um, I disagree. I'd rather have Cooper. I've never been a Cooper guy. Like he's 
he's always been on my do not draft list. Um, let's see. Hilaria. I think her only other choice really would have been Woods. So if she didn't take a, for me at least, if she didn't take a wide receiver there, she could have gone three running backs. And if I wasn't high on Lamb, I probably would have picked Carson at that point and go triple running back. All right. Any other standouts? Or any non-standouts that you wanted to avoid? Any non-standouts? Really, it's all... It really is just about, like, what round you're getting them. Because there's some guys I drafted that I thought I would have never owned, like Ronald Jones. Yeah, I was actually um, I, that, I was down on the Buccaneers backfield because it was just yeah by, by committee and you don't know who's gonna, that, who's gonna get it right. Yeah, exactly. And I think at that point when I drafted him, I think I'm I just wanted like another body at running back that might fill in, like whether it's by or injury related. But yeah, Ronald Jones, I'm not really excited with that one. And then, like, all the news coming out from the New York Jets, Michael Carter is probably a reach at round nine. He was hyped up. I actually wanted to draft him. And now it's coming out that he might not even. Because they just released, yeah, they just released their official depth chart, and he's not even, like, the third stringer. So I don't know how long I'm going to be able to hold that guy. Might be just like disciplinary stuff with the coach or something. It could be that. I don't know. I think it's who's the Jets coach? Uh, no idea. Not Adam Gase. Yeah, not Adam Gase anymore. (laughs) And that's definitely a positive for my side, right? Yeah. Isn't it a Niners guy? The like the defense. Oh yeah, it was the defensive coach for the Niners. Yeah, the ball dude. I can't remember his name. But he was always the hype guy, like fuck yeah. Was it Sala? Robert Sala? Yeah, there we go. That's him. There we go. We got the coach. If he's uh, if he's gonna run his team at um like uh, kind of like Kyle Shanahan does, then we'll probably see a running back committee there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, back to with George. Like, oh, you have a player. In my uh, I think I remember that player, which is DeAndre Swift. He was undraftable for me. Like, I don't give a shit if he wasn't going in the tenth. I wasn't drafting that guy. That's, that's what I, I would set you I up for. Picked him in the tenth round. I mean, I would have picked him up in the third. But where did he go? In the fourth. He's on. He's on third, Jason's no. team, round three. That's yeah, his RB one. Actually, I wouldn't have picked him out in the third because I had a chance to draft him. So I would have picked him up in the fourth. <laughs> if he was there, he was up. Uh, I mean, anything else for Victor? I think I got all the questions, all, all the tough questions we needed to ask him today. Any other segments or anything we want to cover before we bounce? I think uh, we'll just... Talk about 
future expectations and what we're going to be doing. Essentially, we're just going to be doing uh, Tuesday podcasts. So that's essentially the plan, obviously, with our scheduling. Depends on when it's going to come out. But Tuesday is the plan. And then um, we're going to go over waiver pickup, pickups. Um, I don't know if we want to go into fab and how much fab people want to waste on that percentage-wise or whatever. But top waiver pickups for the week when waivers are on there. Um, recap of previous week's matchup. And then a preview of the next week's matchup. And I think that's what we're going to go in. And then have our guest speaker be on the whole time. No offense, Victor. And kind of cover those topics (laughs) but that's gonna be it for this week guys as always everyone good luck don't forget to set your lineups for thursday's game say bye guys thank you for having me as your first official guest it was a pleasure